Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, before we get to this week's show, I wanted to remind you that in this holiday season, we can't forget those less fortunate than us. And here at Somewhere in the Skies, I am running an event I did last year as well. For anyone who purchases merchandise from the official Somewhere in the Skies store or purchases my book, Somewhere in the Skies, A Human Approach to an Alien Phenomenon, 25% of the proceeds will be donated to the Women's Refugee Commission. There are currently almost 60 million refugees worldwide who have been displaced by conflict. The Women's Refugee Commission improves the lives and protects the rights of women, children, and youth who suffer this displacement. The commission also researches their needs, identifies solutions, and advocates for programs and policies to strengthen their resilience and drive change in humanitarian practice. Since 1989, they have been a leading expert on the needs of refugee women and children and the policies that can protect and empower them. So help empower your fellow human beings this holiday season while also supporting Somewhere in the Skies. The merchandise store can be found at tpublic.com and by searching for either Somewhere in the Skies or Sprague51. That's S-P-R-A-G-U-E-5-1. Again, the website is teepublic.com for all Somewhere in the Skies merchandise. The book is available in paperback and ebook and can be found on Amazon or at richarddolanpress.com. If you wish to support the show separately and help us grow both in quality and quantity, the Patreon campaign is still running, and many rewards are now available for different levels of monthly contributions. And the list of rewards is only growing in 2018. To learn more and to become a patron, visit patreon.com backslash somewhere skies. Thank you so much. And now, let's get to this week's show. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Spread. Permission to jump in her next wing and blow something up? Permission granted. be with you hey watch the language in eight days hey guys ryan sprague here happy holidays to everybody here is my gift to you so i hope you enjoy hey It's better than a Starbucks gift card, right? Welcome to episode 3 of the Somewhere in the Skies movie review edition. Today, I'm sitting down once again with the hosts of the Two Dumb Dads podcast, Nick Westmeyer and Chris Moss. We are going to discuss the number one box office hit right now, Star Wars The Last Jedi. 
What crazy twists did they pull on us this time? Who is the force most strong with? Who lived? Who died? And what is up with those damn porks? This was one of the most fun discussions I've ever had about one of the most amazing franchises to ever grace my heart and my childhood. So I hope you enjoy as much as I did making it. If you have seen the movie, enjoy our take on it. And if not, many, many spoilers ahead. You've been warned. Enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. All right, guys, welcome to another bonus movie review edition of Somewhere in the Skies. Today, we are going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. With me again, I've got Nick Westermeyer, Chris Moss. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Hey, doing great. Doing good. Yes. Now, I know, Nick, you and I saw this opening night. Chris, you went to a screening this morning at 9 a.m. East Coast time. That is dedication, my friend. Yeah, the way I see it, um, I was mostly awake. They let me bring my coffee in. I, I didn't take my notes this time, so I'm noteless. But hey, I, I, I saw it. I got it in. Awesome. Chris is like he's he's breaking free from his his uh he's trying he's trying to branch out to not having notes. <laughs> it's like a rebirth for him right now. Off the cuff, baby. I love it, love it. There's no better way to do things like this for sure. And I know just like the last time we did this, guys, we are very passionate about this franchise as well. So I wanna know, before we even get into The Last Jedi, how did Star Wars come into each of your lives? I wanna hear from you guys first. What was your first memory of Star Wars? Mine's weird, like it's not mine definitely is not as like succinct as the comic book answer, but it kind of blends blends into like my whole geekhood growing up so we it was just kind of played at our house like it would be on so if it was on we would watch it but the funny thing is is i don't ever remember like i remember seeing uh return of the jedi a bunch like that's the movie that stuck in my head like is the one i remembered and then so do you guys remember when the when they released the box sets like the first big box set release yes yeah yeah so mm-hmm. I remember begging to get that because I feel I was like, I've never seen New Hope. Why have I never seen the first Star Wars movie? So it's funny that for me, like, that's really when, like, Star Wars became a big thing is I got, like, a Star Wars video. Every time I got a good grade on a report card, I got, like, one of the special released what? box sets. You yeah. bastard. So I got, like, a dollar from my grandpa. No, no. I got, like, I got, like, a, I got a videotape. Um, <laughs> listen, so – but I remember getting them and watching them and just being – like blown away by how great the story was as a whole because I couldn't remember Empire or New Hope. I just remembered Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so then after that, when they re-released the movies in the theater with all the added stuff, that was kind of when I, I totally got into it because I was a sucker for like new shit. And I guess from that point, like I've, I've been hooked, but I've always been in kind of that like George Lucas, Indiana Jones, Star Wars type world. So while my geekdom may not go as far as it did with the comic books, it's just been something that I've just loved watching. And as I've gotten older, my love of it has grown exponentially. As I realize just how great it is mm. in terms of super dramatic storytelling, right? Like a, like the, the space fairy tale, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm in a similar boat there. I was never the the super Star Wars fan, and my my parents weren't nerdy people. But for me, it was one of those things that I saw on TV, and whenever it was on, I would just get sucked into it. I, I like some of my earliest members of cinema were just sitting around watching the uh, Darth Vader Luke Skywalker fight in Return of the Jedi, and just thinking, "Wow, this is the coolest thing ever." <laughs> 
And I don't think it was until much later in my life that I actually sat down and watched every one of them from the beginning. Um, I, I don't think I, I had seen like those early scenes on Hoth with Luke until I was probably in my late teens, early 20s. But now it's one of those things where I've bought all of the box sets, even the uh, awful, terrible uh, Blu-ray collection with the most updated uh, uh, Lucas uh, revisions. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I did it. I, I still say Han shots first, but you know. <laughs> Listen, I like the updated ones. That make me a bad person. Yes. Okay. Well, I do. Objectively, yes. Yeah, I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah, you're you're alone on that one, buddy. Can I say, like, talking about this, I realized that my first probably real introduction to Star Wars was the Ewoks movies, and like not realizing <laughs> Ewoks are part of Star Wars, but just realizing like the the Ewoks. Like, I just remember I had a VHS of Ewoks, and they were awesome. That's, that's probably so, my introduction. You know what? That that's a good point, though, Nick. I mean, for both of you, Return of the Jedi was your first sort of experience, and or the Ewoks. <laughs> and whenever you bring up Star Wars to people, they always say, "Oh, the little bears." And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the iconic. Um, I would say of the three, the most iconic movie because probably it was the last. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of the most famous stuff came from that one. Um, sure. I totally get it. Uh, that that makes perfect sense. Um, what I think is also interesting is you know seeing. Jedi last and then going back and watching the others this franchise this this story I guess that George Lucas had what's really interesting is that he drops you in to the world like mid battle every uh, at least with the first three you know like it's an it's very episodic they're called episodes mm-hmm. when you watch these so you don't have to have known what happened at the very beginning and then you know what got us to this sure. point um which i thought was always really interesting i also liked going back and re-watching the films before seeing this one especially dropping into new hope how much you're just you're as a, as a movie goer as a, as a as an audience you're just reticent to be like oh yeah okay great like this is what's going on and it's funny because i felt kind of like that with Last Jedi 2, in a sense, which I'm sure we'll get to, and Force Awakens, where you're just kind of like, okay, great, so this is where we're at, and this is what's going on, and yeah, and I guess we'll really get into the Last Jedi, be like, okay, so shit's happened, but this is what this is where I'm at right now, this is the story that's going on, and I'm going to get exposition about the past, but in some ways it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so I actually have a question for you all. Uh, you On this topic of kind of just being able to jump into the movies, being episodic in their nature and all, how many of you, when did you actually start understanding the Star Wars scroll? In terms of like the story they were telling? So when I was a kid, I, I read the scroll, I remember knowing the scroll, and it was this iconic thing that took place. And as a kid, for me, it was just this little boring thing that happened before the awesome stuff came on. I see. But I think the last probably four or five times I've started reading it and actually understanding. And it's amazing how intricate and uh, the stories become once you're actually paying attention to the to the background. Yeah, so I never paid attention to them. I'm with you. I wanted I wanted that first like, you know when they the scroll disappears and they always drop down to either a planet, a starship, mm-hmm. something like that. Right. I, I just wanted I wanted to see the action. Um so yeah, I think it wasn't until probably much later when I got those Blu-rays that I actually paid attention and I was like, whoa, this is way more intricate than I thought of. Like, you know, especially those, the, uh, the prequels. Um, right. 
those <laughs> scrolls. There's a little part of you that just sat there and went, wait, this is all about trade politics? What? So, yeah, I think for me, I, I never really paid attention to them. And I think that's a good a good thing in terms of the story they're telling. Even, you know, George Lucas is clearly not the best writer, but even without those scrolls, like, you totally got the entire feeling and story, I think. Oh, yeah, I, I think I, I probably hooked into them when the prequels came out, because that's when I got past the wanting to just get to the action, actually have a better understanding about what the stories were. And I think I was still young enough as a moviegoer that I still thought the prequels were good. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. that's, they have sure. they have their they have their merit and they have their place, and I still really enjoy aspects of them. Like I'll go back and rewatch them and have fun. But like, but now as like, I'm older, I'm like, oh shit. Whew, I mean, look, getting to see Yoda jump around and do stuff was was really cool. I mean, that was one of those things that as a kid you always wanted to see, and then they did it. And we can oh, debate gonna... whether or not it was worthwhile, but they did it, and that was cool. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that up because I'm going to bring that up later on when we deal with uh, yeah. One Master Skywalker. Yeah. Before we go any further, guys, I do have to share my first memory. So yeah, please. I switched to public school when I was in middle school. From I was I was going to Catholic school, got kicked out. Long story. <laughs> so. When I switched over to public school, I didn't have many friends. Uh, so I had that obligatory moment of like being in the lunchroom the first day and not knowing where to sit. And I remember distinctly there were these three dudes, uh, I guess boys at that time, and they told me I could sit with them. And um, they were playing this card game. And I thought it was like Magic the Gathering. I thought that's what it was. But when mm-hmm. I like sat down... I I saw that it was actually Star Wars themed. And at that time, I'd never seen Star Wars. I had never heard of it. And this dude, he had the trilogy on VHS, that original trilogy we were talking about. And he let me bring him home. And I watched him straight through in one sitting. I was absolutely hooked. And uh, I, I became obsessed after that. Besides UFOs, this is by far one of the biggest things and closest things to my heart. And uh, I even wrote a fan fiction novel. I'm not kidding. Oh, that's amazing. So can I please read that? I will give I will give anything <sighs> to get my hands on You need on to that. make that uh, something for, for your Patreon members. Yeah, so here's the thing about that, guys. As much as I would love to... So in my novel, I created a Jedi named Kreeshtklusion. I, I have no idea why. <laughs> that was his name. He was uh, hunting the bounty hunter who killed his parents, which essentially became Boba Fett. And... Uh, what happened was when I was going to turn it in to my English teacher at the time, a bully in school stole the only copy I had because this was before the word processor. I typed this thing out on an electric typewriter. And oh my God. It was, he took it, he ripped it up, and he threw it out. Oh and no. it was the worst moment of my middle school life. He apologized oh. many, many years later. He found me on Facebook and he said, dude, there is no, like, I don't know what the hell was wrong. He was a kid, you know. And right, he, sure. He apologized, and he's like, I can't believe I would do something like that. But, you know, the cut was deep at that point. So we may never know the conclusion to what happened to Kreeshtklusion, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was my first memory, was the card game of Star Wars introduced me to the movies, and then I was hooked after that. Everything. My entire apartment was filled with Star Wars. To this day, I still have a life-sized Yoda cutout stored safely in my parents' attic. So, yeah. 
This That's this amazing. franchise has just meant everything to me. I am a diehard fan. Not to the annoying point, which we will get to, but yeah, th- this this new trilogy just speaks volumes to me. I love where they're going, as we will get mm-hmm. into. So I guess getting into that, here is the brief description of this movie, which when we actually get into the plot isn't so brief, but here we go. <laughs> Ray develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance prepares to do battle with the First Order. That's all. That's all Wikipedia gave us. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's really not that far off. It's not, when you really think about it, yeah. It's completely off. I, I was, <laughs> well, well, let me see. What's the line? It's amazing how none of those things you said were true. Yes. You think so? I do. I, I mean, I, I think it's hard to say that uh, Ray developed her, her abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker. Um, I, she had I, two lessons, dude. She had two lessons. So, so yeah. presumably, eventually, she's getting the third. Oh, by the way, we're spoiling this, right? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I am so sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, anyone listening, from here on out, spoilers galore. You've been warned. So, I mean, like, okay, presumably we're going to get that third lesson somewhere, somehow. He's going to do the spirit thing, but... Um, oh, you I, Okay. Oh, obviously. Okay. Obviously. Oh, I don't, but we'll get to that. I don't. <laughs> One of my big beefs. Oh, no, because they already did the spirit thing. They already did the spirit thing. Like, there's we'll a get line there. there. There's a really specific line that makes me think that he isn't going to be back. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's, um... Yeah. We'll get there. So there is some extremely surprising moments in this movie so first of all okay so far this movie has grossed almost 500 million worldwide mm-hmm. amazing secondly we have the writer and director is it rianne or ryan i i don't know i thought it was rain rain like like like, <laughs> like the dude like the dude from uh i think we all take a different pronunciation Written and directed by Ryan Rianne Rain Johnson, who did Brick and Looper. So, yes. what the hell? I, I'm really interested in why they chose this guy to continue the Star Wars trilogy. Uh, this is not the last we're going to be hearing from him. He's going to be writing and directing more from what I've been doing. Well, a whole new trilogy, Good. isn't it? An entire new... Yes. Story? Three-set story? Yep, and we'll get to that at the end as well, for sure, Nick. Um, So... Yeah, we've got we've got this guy who's done some pretty low, I would say low budget sort of indie films. Looper was a little bit more mainstream obviously. Mm-hmm. But uh wow, to put this into his hands was very interesting. Um so right at the beginning, we have this moment where uh General Hux, our 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 uh, red-headed friend and Poe Dameron, this 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 movie starts right after Force Awakens, like the next scene, which is really interesting. This seems to be a running theme with all the new movies. Um, Mm -hmm. It's starting them right after. So they have this banter, which was really comedic. You know, this, uh, sorry, I I can't hear you. Uh, Can you please hold? Sorry, sorry. Um, (laughs) Really set the tone, I think, for what we were going to see throughout the rest of this movie. There are some extremely interesting choices that he made in telling this story and things that I think a lot of diehard Star Wars fans were either okay with or very against. I can put, well, it's funny. I, I saw a great quote that said, if you dig the first five to ten minutes of that film, basically that conversation right between Hux and Poe, you will like the rest of the movie. If you get into that first moment and you're like, oh, fuck this, yeah. then you're probably not going to dig what's going to come later on. Because it is. Like you said, it sets the tone for 
damn near everything that happens. I mean, the first moment with Luke and Ray is in that same kind of vein, right? Yeah. Yeah, Nick, can you describe that scene with us? Yeah, so, you know, you have this you have this banter of, you know, Poe and Hux, and it, it splits to that moment, like this iconic moment that we've been waiting two years to see. That right? we saw at the waiting. end of Force Awakens, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we've been waiting we've been waiting two years to see what's going to happen when Ray hands Luke the lightsaber. And, like, in a beat, he, like, touches it, looks at it, and fucking flips it over his shoulder and walks away. Yeah. And um, I just remember being like... What I mean, it was such a moment of like, okay, I both, well, I both appreciated it and was like, this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, mm-hmm. so for me as a viewer, I was like, well, it looks like I'm going to go along with this ride, and and I'm either gonna, I'm either gonna love it or I'm not. And so I kind of went with like, I'm going to go with it, and and that helped. But that first moment of of Hux and Poe and Luke and Ray tells you everything you need to know about what this movie is going to be. I was just going to say, it's basically going to take everything you thought you like knew tonally for these movies and sort of flip it on its end. We thought this was going to be an extremely dark film. Everyone was saying it's the, the next Empire Strikes Back, which is an extremely depressing movie. And here we mm-hmm. are, like two scenes into this new one, and he's just like quips left and right. Yeah, it's a very different feel for a Star Wars film. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think um, it's just the way the times have taken us. Uh, I think you can argue that part of the problem with the uh, the prequels was that they didn't update themselves. They they tried to stick too much to the old uh, 1970s 1980s uh, style of storytelling, but using modern, somewhat modern, I guess, technology. Yeah. Um, and this I mean, film it was pre- decided it was to at the time. No, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't hold up because you yeah. know yeah. whatever uh, computer graphics just don't do that, but. These, this film, at least, definitely tried to update itself, and I think it did it in a charming way, which maintained a lot of the elements of the early films while also acknowledging, like, look, this is what humor is now, this is what humor is in film, you're either going to go with us or you're not, and we think we're going to make the money either way. <laughs> Good point, Chris. And the word, it's, I th- it's- the key word, I think, is charming. This movie charmed the hell out of me. I don't know about you guys. Well, no, you know, it's funny because I think so, and I think we'll we'll continue to get into it more and more. I had a really good conversation with someone about it who did not like the film, who was completely just like, I get. I think it. my comment to them, my comment to them was, "You like Justice League, but you didn't like this." Um, in terms of storytelling, I think Chris is right. Like, it's totally updated and it's quippy and it's fun and it, and it feels very Disney. Dare I say, like, oh, yeah, Disney definitely yeah. got its hand on it. Um, and I think that's why they might have picked uh, the director to take the those series in a different direction to not have it be Empire. But I do think that there are things that. In my opinion, again, I, I should just say I liked the film a lot, but I think there were things and moments that were lost because of that. That you, they were like, well, I would have to jump to like the very end to get to get to that moment. So I don't know if we want to do that right now. If you want me to like slowly move there, but I think the use of of Luke Skywalker and so, I think that I feel that Skywalker was wasted in a lot of ways. And it's my big beef with the film. Really, is that for I, someone, I would I, disagree, but okay. So here's the thing. I don't know which character you guys loved growing up watching Star Wars, but mine has always been, and still is, Luke Skywalker. Okay. Bare, like, everything about him. I don't know what, I just, I, I'm i always the, like, I like the really good guys, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, I like the Superman. I like Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I like. It's the reluctant but, hero. This is the oldest story in storytelling yeah. history. So right. I totally get that. 
but you it's know, like literally people, called like, the hero's journey. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But you know, some people love Han. Like Han's their dude, right? I think if you like Batman, you like Han. Does that make sense? You're like, mm-hmm. you're the Han Solo guy. He's kind of the rebel. And like, I just like, I liked Han and I thought Han got a great send off and a great movie in Force Awakens. And my thing with Luke was, I was totally cool with him being like the reluctant hermit and the training of Rey and the moving into exile. But fuck, I, I literally have to skip to the end. So yeah, my, my huge, my stuff. Yeah, my huge beef is I just feel like there was moments where, especially when he uh, faces Kylo, that it was just not like I was just, I was waiting for a payoff for him to have a heroic return, and I got a little bit of it, but then it was fast and masked and like lost some in the humor. I just there was too much humor for me, if that makes sense, especially around Skywalker, where I was like, okay, I get like it. I get it, I get it. He's a hermit. Oh, look at him, look at him, milk that bird for some milk. That's okay. Great. See, I I have a I think I disagree with you because I see Luke Skywalker in this film as Yoda and this is very much the path Yoda took, the reluctant yeah. uh, master who who knew the possible um, uh, faults in his uh, in his training and fights against doing it. Um, I mean, this is very much the same thing Yoda does, where which is arguably one of the problems you could say with the film is that in many ways this is just Empire Strikes Back. Yes, uh, yes. But I I don't think that I am not one of the pe- the many people who have prescribed to the the uh, the telling of the uh, the Empire Strikes Back remake. I think this was an interesting uh, uh, take on both Empire and Return. I felt like they did something that I, I wasn't expecting. I was expecting them to make a literal uh, remake of Empire Strikes Back, but instead they took both of those formulas and kind of perverted them. And I thought that was terrific. I, I wasn't every time they did something, I wasn't expecting it, and I really appreciated that. So that's interesting. You bring up Yoda, and like Chris, I agree with you, and that's that is what I thought he was going to be, even from the moment of her giving him the lightsaber. I was like, okay, Yoda moment. I think we even talked about that. But here's the thing, and this is what I'm talking about, like, I feel like a lot of times this movie didn't have some of the payoffs that I wanted as a viewer. And, I, and again, I preface it by saying, I still love the shit out of this movie yeah. and, like, wanted to see it again the next day. And that's part of it. So great. So one of the things I love about Empire, and while it may seem quick, is, like, there's training there. Like, there's some legit training. And they do it, they film it quickly again, because I just rewatched all these movies, but there's moments of training. In this movie, like, his training of Ray is like, all right, so feel the force, feel the... Lesson one, feel the force, feel the force. See that? You didn't even ignore it. Okay, second lesson. Third lesson, meh. And it just seemed too fast to me. And it seemed like no. I kind of lost that, that Yoda moment training. And, and again, yeah. I'm okay with it, and it worked. I am, I'm quote-unquote okay with it, and it worked for me because I like the film as a whole. But... I could have gotten more. Like, I could, I would have, more payoff. Like, I feel like this film didn't pay me off all the time in the way that I, as a viewer, might have wanted. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I get what you're saying, Nick. I, I think, I think what's interesting, too, is between Empire and this movie, if we are to make any comparisons, is the training aspect of both Luke Skywalker and Rey, uh, respectively, is that they're not done. 
you know, even even mm-hmm. at the end of this one uh, with Rey's battle with Kylo Ren and the same with Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker is they're not done. And there are strong ramifications to not being done with their training at the end of both of these movies, I think. Um, right. So I, I I get what you're saying, Nick. The payoff wasn't there. This is not the the epitome, the Obi Wan, the the full effect Jedi. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. So if anything, I think it's interesting that we still have a ways to go. We still don't even know if Ray is going to continue to stay on the light side of the Force or not. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I was pretty. I thought I felt pretty pretty like about that by the end of that film i don't know because we see this blossoming relationship between kylo and ray um whether it's romantic or not there's a deep connection between those two uh a lot well, can argue that snoke did that the the villain well, the the emperor of this movie but i don't know man that they are the two sides like they're the only they're the last two right so you always have to have the sith and the jedi so there's going to be a very strong connection between those two forces Mm-hmm. Which I think is why Snoke and Luke have such a strong connection for so long, which we never get answered, which I know pissed a ton of people off. We were mm. just like, I actually didn't give a shit because if you think about the original trilogy, like, you don't know who Palpatine is. It doesn't matter. We never get at to all. know who you, he is, yeah. Yeah, you just, you just meet him. The only reason we know who Palpatine is is because they remade three more movies. Otherwise, right. he's just the Empire and his ass gets killed at the end of Jedi. And I felt like mm-hmm. Snoke was the same thing. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, you want to know. I get that. But... Ultimately, that's not the important thing. Here's another thing I want to bring up. We have this new writer-director, and he is feeling a lot like Joss Whedon to me in terms of, like, Justice League, where he's kind of giving the middle finger to some stuff that they tried to set up in Force Awakens, which I thought was pretty interesting. Mm, yeah. You know, you mean, like, everything they tried to set up in Force Awakens? Yeah. Like, ev- which is what a lot of people didn't like. Yeah. They were like, I waited two years for that. I get so it. That's what... That's I, what you okay, cool. I completely get that. I mean, for example, we've got you know, we we we've all been waiting to see where Ray comes from, like what lineage she comes from. Is she Luke's daughter? Is she some like far off Jedi? In this we learn that possibly, we don't know for sure. She's nobody. She Oh, I love it. She's absolutely nobody. And Chris, I agree. Oh, I think it was a gorgeous moment of storytelling that it does not matter if you're a jedi or not jedi is a religion Mm -hmm. the force is something that everyone can have and i think that was the message of the movie luke preaches it yoda preaches it and even fucking kylo ren in saying that like you are a part of this you come from nothing come with me right in the last moments too where it's the kid you know i mean like the stable boy who has the force which is another beautiful last moment um this you know it's funny because i've thinking about this in retrospect, you realize that the director and writer, he's setting this up in the very beginning that it doesn't matter because that the line of some, in one way or another, letting the past be, letting it die, letting it go is constantly mentioned, right? That like the the past does not matter at all. And it is just reinforced through this whole movie. And I was like, and I also wonder if that's not just the director. I I kept being like, it screamed of JJ Abrams to me because it screamed of spoilers lost where at the end of the day none of it mattered other than just the people in the moment that were involved and i felt like that was pretty much this movie it's like listen the past in the past is dying now even in terms of like your old characters from the last star wars like it's 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 starting to not matter it's a new beginning it's a new rebellion it's a new resistance the resistance is gone essentially it's a new grand leader yeah sure and Ray's just a nobody, for lack of a better term, right? She comes from nowhere, so her past doesn't matter. 
Well, yeah, and Nick, too, like the point you bring up is really interesting because that's kind of what has made Luke what he is now. He's so, you know, stuck in the past of what happened with Kylo Ren, you know, him turning to the dark side, killing off the entire Jedi Order. That entire thing he believes was his own fault and that he has caused all this and that's made him go into exile. And I think, like you said, this nobody, this this Ray comes to get him out of that and show him like, look. Things are going on right now, and we need your help. Which I think, you know, again, Luke learns another valuable lesson before his inevitable fate. Oh, the that line of, you know, you learn the being a teacher. Your failure is a part as much a part of being a teacher as your success. Oh, that was a cool moment. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Delivered by a unknown tiny green Jedi that green we have man. never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm trying to think of more of these really surprising moments that we got throughout this. What um, about not finding out Finn's past? I know that was something that a lot of people got. That, like the one person who knows Finn's background get get. I it. mean, we get it though, right? We get it in the first movie. Essentially, we get that it's a person who's what sold to the uh, was the First Order as yeah. a child or something. Yeah. It's basically so the he's same just as a child Ray. slave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny because like I don't care about it, but I know. The person I talked to did not like the movie. That was one of his big things. Is like he wanted to know Finn's past. Yeah. That you have still mystery around it, and like that's totally, I guess, unresolved because of Phasma. It didn't bother me. I'm just trying to think of things like the person who didn't like the movie, like brought up to me. Well, that's a good no, point. Uh, I, I think Finn's character did get the short end in this movie for sure. He had this weird B plot with this new character. I what like was, that plot, guys. What was her name? I, it's escaping me right now. Uh, uh, Rose Tico. Rose Tico, there we go, yeah. Interesting. We get introduced to this new character who makes a pretty bold, heroic decision towards the end of the movie. She was... What did you guys think of her? I, I The way the trailer and the posters sort of portrayed her is she's going to be a very integral part of this new... Not just trilogy, just new franchise moving forward. And she has this weird B-plot with... Finn that ends up at some weird ass casino, which I uh, don't get me started. That they could have cut that entire part out. I, yeah. I do want to talk. Well, when we get to that, before I, try, I do want to talk about Benicio del Toro. But Chris, what did you think of her? This new character. I loved the character. I thought the character was amazing. I thought the actress was phenomenal. I had a problem with a lot of that entire plot. Like, honestly, the more I think about it, this film took place in two parts, and both of them were a little underwhelming. I really enjoyed that the uh, the the Finn the Finn Poe uh, Rose storyline existed. I think it was on ultimately what the film was supposed to be about, but it didn't really land for me because of the subversion of expectations at every corner. Like on the one hand, I really love that they essentially can we just acknowledge that this film is largely an allegory for society as we know it right now? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. And to that end, I I think that uh, they're going to the one percent planet um, that is largely. <laughs> I mean, this is what it is, right? That's literally yeah, no, how they, no, they great... propose it. The fact that they do that and they find the the children in the the mines and in the uh, the the stables and all of that, I think that's beautiful and I think that's wonderful and I think that's a really important message. But as a story, it didn't really do much for me. Um, it felt like, like I thought 
like movie, right? Like its own like mini movie inside of the bigger movie in a weird way to me. Honestly, I felt it was the other way around. I felt oh, like really? the okay. uh, I felt like the the because the Ray uh, Luke storyline just didn't go anywhere for such a long time. I mean, it was fun watching it not go anywhere, but it didn't go anywhere for such a long time that I just kind of feel like, all right, this is what they want this movie to be about. They want it to be about the uh, the rebels fighting the Empire, and that was really exciting and really dynamic, except for the fact that it wasn't those things. <laughs> like, it doesn't change at all. It's like, okay, we're being chased. This thing is being chased, and now we're going to to find a person, and they find a person, but the person is. And I thought that was cool that uh, that that DJ uh, turns on them, and that's not like a double turn. Um, he just turns. He's just like, nah, I'm bad. Yeah, I'm it's great. I'm an opportunist. And he's not bad. He's just indifferent. And I thought that was a great change for the Star Wars universe. Whereas usually uh, that character would have turned into Han Solo. Solo or in this situation, Orlando. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, I did get you know definitely wafts of Lando in that character. And let's face it, if this were uh, uh, a, a George Lucas film, that uh, would, you would have had Lando pop up somewhere on that planet. Yeah. I still kind of want Lando to pop up on that planet, guys. I'm not going to lie. Do we do like, we do we know why he is the only one that hasn't returned to these movies? My understanding is that it was just a matter of uh, they didn't have a place for him, is what the the interview said. So I don't know what the actual reason is, but that's what they said. Hmm. Interesting. Yet we can have these porgs, which we'll get to. I love the porgs. Back off the porgs, man. dude. They are adorable. Wait, Chris, did you love Ewoks? Were you an Ewok person? I was an Ewok. I'm still an Ewok person. That's why you love the porgs. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, here's... Okay, before we go any further, let's discuss the Porgs. Now, before this movie even came out, these Porgs became a cultural phenomenon, a meme. They were everywhere. Merchandise was out there. Everything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, what? What? We got them a little towards the end of the movie, and there was tons of them, and they, were, they, they weren't even a part of the plot. So uh, this is interesting. Um, I think it's... I think it's toys and comic relief. It is. Again, this is where like this one. I think the director was like, "Here's the line for me to from for comedy, right? Like, I'm gonna draw a line in the sand, and I'm, I'm gonna just step over it a few times just to see if I can, just to be like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna put some porgs in there, <laughs> and they're just gonna be around, and I'm gonna make a joke out, make a joke out of vegan Chewbacca. So, uh, yeah, because I can. I- I think the Porgs are indicative of the difference between the Justice League film and uh, the Star Wars films. The Porgs are a completely useless thing that doesn't need to be there, but it adds so much characterization to this universe. Um, they're these cute little animals, these creatures that are uh, that are on the world, and they show you what life would be like here. This film is full of life you you see even in the backgrounds of scenes with luke and and ray um like some weird dragon sea creature off in the distance um when you're on a planet you see the birds flying you see people doing weird things in the background and every shot has personality and you feel like this is a living breathing universe whereas it's fleshed out totally. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, and you feel like you're a part of something, and you're seeing as something that's really happening, and that's great. Whereas, as we said with the Justice League films, they just—they're completely devoid of that. They have no humanity, as I've said 
And I think that's where this film really thrives. Uh, like all of the Star Wars films, when you really start to look at them and study them, the stories are fairly rudimentary, but the world that they've created is just overflowing with life. Yeah. And that's something, you know, you mentioned that, Chris, because, you know, going back again, having it's I, I really think it's beneficial if you can to rewatch all these movies before you go into a new one. That was, I think, one of the big problems with the original, the 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 re, the the episode one, two and three is that they brought back to like this movie, especially and Force Awakens, like the tangible world. Right. Like the things that you can touch and feel and you're a part of, like you said, the Porgs or any like the, the caretakers on the island, with Luke, which I love. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, absolutely. That I think, you know, that both J.J. Abrams and in a lot of ways Disney, because we got to gotta throw, you know, good or bad, you got to give them credit. Like, we're like, we need to take this back to a place where it's it feels tangible and real, like the first trilogy, or the, you know, the original four, five, and six. And I really did like this about this movie. Even the even the, the worlds that were really CGI, like the casino, yeah. I still felt like it was a tangible place to me, like someplace that I could go and exist in and engross myself in. And that's mm-hmm. why... I'll, I'll forgive a lot of the like quote unquote sins that I thought this movie had because which is the same way I feel about four five six like I'll forgive whatever sins they have because I'm so transported into that world it's so engrossive sure and I felt this was even more so like I love the part where they're on the planet and they they pick up the and again it's exposition but it's just beautiful where they're like it's salt and you're like oh mm. all right salt I hated that moment like I understood it, why it was there but all it, it screamed to me of some sort of a design choice where they just went. We gotta explain what this step is because people are gonna think he's bleeding. So let's just have him point out, like, exposition it away. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's funny. I just felt the opposite because for me, and maybe this is because I'm not a writer like you guys are. Um, that for me, it's just like Joe Smo, actor guy watching a movie. I sometimes like that little stuff because I wouldn't have cared either way. If you would have never told me what it was, I would have been like, don't give a shit. But the fact that you did, I just enjoyed. It just showed like a, a new thought to a movie, right? Like even if it was like we want to make something that looks cool and we don't want it to be sto- uh, snow because we had Hoff already, make it salt. But I, I just, I don't know. It was a nice touch. I liked yeah. it. I liked that it was, it felt very exposition to me, but I still liked it. It made me like, okay, that's what this world is. It's a brand yeah. new world. I, I think I think it you're was, right. Yeah. I think it helped flesh out. All, what The one thing I always appreciated about Star Wars is the, the difference in all the planets. Yeah. It's like extremes, you know what I mean? And every time you go to a new planet it's something that you're like oh wow like it's an entire planet of forest it's an entire planet of snow really interesting so i i, I like that they sort of harken back to that idea of all white um there's something about it that was extremely it just captured the eye especially when the battle began on the planet Does i honestly white? thought they were just doing hoth again hoth again yeah i hoth. did do it first part, part uh-huh. did you guys catch the like love square that they're setting up yes. at the end of the film between like Ray and Poe, Ray and Finn, Finn and Yeah, that's Rose. weird. Like, that's I, weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, where's it gonna go? It might not go anywhere. Knowing this, it could be nothing, but like so, no. can I just can I just say that they had suggested that eventually there's gonna be an LGBTQA uh, relationship in this in the Star Wars universe. Is anybody wondering if they're going to start adding polyamory too? Like, cause that's the only way I can see this working because of how many different uh, relationships they have in that thing now. Here's my thing, and I hate, hate, hate to say this, but we have to remember that this is Disney, and they have mm-hmm. to take baby steps when it comes to that stuff. Now, when it when we first when Force Awakens 
came and went, you know, the rumors were that Finn and Poe were going to end up together. And I was all for that. I'm like, that'd be incredible. And now this new writer, again, I think he's keeping us on our toes that we have no idea what's coming next. And because of how successful this movie was with this writer and director, I do wonder, you know, I believe J.J. Abrams is writing the next one. Uh, he's writing and directing the next okay, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, if they will tackle any of that, Chris, uh, it'll be interesting. I think right now we have absolutely no clue who might be romantically interested, who might not, or if any of them will. Who knows? I personally suspect that Rose and her sister were originally supposed to be Rose and her lover, and that once Rain or Ryan or whatever his name is got a hold of it, they changed mm. it. Or maybe Disney backed out. I don't want to blame the director just because things change. You never know. It could have been any number of things. But I, I, I could see that. When I, I saw her... Being- Looking down at that uh, at that necklace in her hands, I just looked at it. I was like, "Oh my god, they did it! This is amazing! This is a..." And they don't even have to acknowledge it. Like people who know will know, and then that gets the Disney uh, the Disneyfication of it out of the way, and it'll work. I was so excited, and then she said, "I just lost my sister." I was like, "Oh, you cowards!" <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I always remember like it is Disney, and we have to take. I mean, I know this is a cop, but like because it's Disney, you have to take the like good and the bad of Disney, right? Same thing with the Marvel films. Like I watch those films, and I'm like, I know it's gonna get Disney. But I'll take it because right now they're still really good. Yeah. And I just, I want good. Yeah. And I mean, again, Force Awakens was the first time we saw blood in a Star Wars movie. You know? That's not true. There's blood in New Hope. Was it blood? Was it blood or was it just uh, his uniform chopping up? Hmm. I thought it was just his red uniform being chopped up. Hmm. I think it's blood because there is blood in New Hope, guys. When his arm gets cut off, there's blood. Is there? I remember. Yes, when he when Obi Wan chops the arm off of uh, the dude in the bar, there's blood. All right, I retract my statement that I'm a huge Star mm-hmm. Wars fan. All right, Just okay. The only reason I know. So let's get to Laura Dern, Vice Admiral Amalon Haldo. Um, I didn't care for this one, guys. I thought it was completely unnecessary. Uh, I understand. Sarah's words. Laura Dern's in that movie. Yeah. I think that was a pretty good like. She looked like yeah. she was out of the fifth element or something. I mean, Star Wars, it kind of always comes out that way. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess my question is, was her storyline, like, yeah, she ends up sacrificing herself at the end for this greater cause, but, like, I didn't understand, really, what was going on between her and Poe and this struggle for, like, control over what the, you know, the resistance was going to do next. It just felt weird. I didn't know, like, was she... Was Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. She like a double agent and like trying to... Uh, sabotage everything. I think that's I, what it was unclear to me. I think that's what they were trying to set up, and and by that I mean they were trying to set up that suspicion of oh my god they're being followed. Maybe she's a double agent and it's her fault. But honestly, I it, I don't feel like if they were trying to do that that it landed. I honestly think it was very clearly a second act setup for the third act twist where uh, Poe Dameron has to become the commander because. Leia's no longer with us. Right, but then, yeah. this is think- the part where the pacing really fell flat for me, guys, because then it, it's like, oh, Poe takes control. Oh, no, now she's back in control. It was just, it was way too quick for me. I don't know. I think it's, I think... Yeah, it didn't work for me. I, again, I, a lot of the stuff that didn't, I, I, just, I was like, okay, whatever. But I think it's also the idea of giving Poe someone to learn what it is to be a leader, if that makes sense, because like while there is Leia, like Poe's the hothead, right? He's the I guess the Han Solo. Oh, I just realized something, and this is going to sound really bad. Do you think that the reason she's in this is because uh, um, uh, Carrie Fisher passed away, and a lot of that was no, it's not possible because they're in scenes together. Hmm. Yep, and she died, and Carrie Fisher, the you know Carrie Fisher's still very much alive at the end of this movie. Carrie Fisher pulled a Superman, and we will get to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, uh, yeah, we will get to that because I, I want to discuss all, how annoyed I, liked I about it. this. I liked it, and I liked it. Uh, all right. No, because I, I she used it in the... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I know. I was saying, I think Lord Ernst characters there just to like so poe can see what like quote-unquote true leadership is right that she had this this is what it's like to have a bigger plan besides just like fucking drop the bombs because we can and she's like no there was a bigger idea and a bigger plan at work and then when it came time for her to react impulsively and be you know for her to be the flyboy which is fly the ship into it she does it right so yeah. it's like this is what leadership is is. That might not have worked, but I got what they were trying to do with that character because they didn't want to kill Leia off yet. Right. right. Which, you can, again, only, you can only lose one character in a movie, guys. One character in a movie. Well, that's the thing, and we're almost there. Uh, that was one of the biggest twists in this movie that a lot of people were not expecting was uh, which character we were going to lose. So we are going to tread lightly and get to that, but... Before we go any further, guys, there is a... I don't know if he's uncredited, but he is credited in the cast list on Wikipedia, and that's Tom Hardy. So... As who? Stormtrooper. That's it. Oh, kind of like how... Uh, huh. Craig, how um, he's the Daniel Daniel Craig of uh, Force Awakens. Was, yeah. So I see this being the new, you know, sort of Stan Lee in every Marvel movie. We're going to get, like, an A-list celebrity playing an uncredited, usually masked character in all of these Who just wants to be in fucking Star Wars. Which is awesome, and I wish I had the clout to do something like that. Yeah. Hey, I just want to be in it. I don't care what I do. Just, can you put me in it? Thanks. Seriously. Yeah. So yeah, That's Tom all. Hardy was in this one. Again, proving that he's the best actor to wear a mask. So I'm on... <laughs> It's true. Uh, I'm on IMDb right now. And it turns out it looks like there's a, a few more uh, uh, surprises that you probably didn't Ooh, catch. No. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, did the voice of Slow and Low. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. That makes sense. He was a um, Looper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Brit. Um, 
And Br- it sorry. looks yeah. like uh, Lord. Um, I assume that's who uh, Billy Lord is, is Lieutenant Connix. Mm, yes. um, uh, Justin Thoreau was Master Codebreaker, so the guy who they were supposed to get. That's who that is. Okay. Wait, who's Justin yeah. Thoreau? Nick, go ahead. Thoreau was in The Leftovers. He was, he was or is married to Jennifer Aniston. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about well, the, uh, and, the dude and from Billy Canada. Lord, Billy Lord is, is uh, Kay Fisher's daughter. Oh, okay. The blonde, the blonde who survives and is oh, that's right. The whole time? That's yeah. Kay Fisher's daughter. That's who Billy. That's right. We also have Gareth Edwards uh, was Resistance Trench soldier, and I think that's all of them that are listed here on IMDb. Love that's it. awesome. I love, love it. it. Oh, and Gary the dog played Space Gary uncredited. Uncredited. Nice. I don't know. I just think that one's funny to say. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Okay, so can, okay. Let's get to I'm it. Gonna, I, I know you're chomping at no, the no, bit. No, no, there's one thing I want to get to. So right, hold on. Be- we I'm all sorry. know who becomes the grand, the grand supreme leader by the end of this movie, right? Hold on. Before we move on to Luke Skywalker, can I say my piece about Carrie Fisher and her, uh, her okay, lack yeah, of use I, I disagree with you on this one. All okay. right, so this – I. I, I am really upset that, that Princess Leia, arguably the most exciting and anticipated Jedi in all of the world, is never going to get to use her power in any sort of interesting way. Okay. She did some weird like as you as you call it, super manning out of space, and then she promptly fell asleep for the next half a movie. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. You got to see that she had powers. Like, granted, she's been telepathically communicating with people for however long. But why couldn't she lift those boulders at the end? Why couldn't she have, like, lowered the door with her? Why couldn't she have had her beautiful moment where she's going to to do something? Like, why couldn't she drive the, the ship uh, with her mind or something? Like, she needed to have a moment where she got to... Because... She is a generation's princess who finally became a general. Who it, She is the embodiment of the feminist movement, and she's going to go out with a whimper, and that's really depressing. Well, I can say go read the books, because in the books she does have force. She does use it. But, you know, the thing I think you have to think about, and I agree with you, Chris, I actually do. Maybe that was going to come, and she passed away. That's what I'm thinking. Now, we... Like, the, that, the, that, that scene was an introduction yeah. to, to... Because she's the last one, right? She's the last of the three. And they and they had said that they were leaving her there. She was going to be the major player in, in, in the third movie as well. So maybe that force was that was going to happen later on. And now we that opportunity is gone, which is really sad. And that was an introduction to just how powerful potentially she is because Ben is too, and so is Luke. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I think this it's was still sad. And Christian Wright, it, it still sucks, but it sucks. And I think mm-hmm. it was. It was just a tiny hint of what we were going to get in this third installment of the trilogy. Um, Unfortunately, as we all know, she passed away. How they're going to deal with this is going to be very interesting because this leads to the biggest twist, I would say, in the entire movie. So, Nick, I know you've been sort of waiting for this, so I'm going to well, let you I take the lead about, on that. I want to talk about Kylo Ren before I get into this. Yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> 
fine. I was going to, dude, I was, I was giving you gold and you just shoved it back in my face. Okay. I'm gonna, I want Kylo Ren to be bad. I don't want a good Kylo Ren. I want Kylo Ren to be bad for the entire film. And I don't want him to redeem himself. Now I can talk about Luke if you want me to. No, let, let, let's actually, let's discuss Kylo just for a moment here for sure. What do you guys think of Adam Driver's portrayal of what we consider the new Darth Vader? I think Kylo Ren, uh, actually, let me rephrase this. I think Adam Driver is a very mediocre actor whose very mediocre talents show very well in Star Wars. <laughs> He's He doesn't do angry very well. He doesn't do conflicted very well. But dang it, it works. It yeah. works in that kind of caricature style that Star Wars has always had where good and bad is always very clearly outlined, so much so that their swords change colors based upon their feelings. I, I like it. It's not good, but I like it. I will take a Kyle, I will take an Adam Driver over a Hayden Christian, Christensen playing a distraught Jedi all day and twice on Sunday. Uh, um, yeah. I think he's I think he's what they wanted Anakin to be. But couldn't get a decent actor to do it. Or just George Lucas was just like, I love him. I, you know, it's funny. Like I'm, I'm kind of with Chris. And again, Chris probably doesn't remember this. We saw Adam Driver on stage a long time ago at Rattlestick Theater Company, and Ooh. I remember seeing him being like, oh, oh. okay. Do you remember um, what play that was? I don't. I remember Chris. You took it to me, and it was at. It was one of the like you know experimental it plays. It wasn't they the Indians, was it? No, 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 no. It was not like a major Annie Baker play. And I don't think it ever got produced past Rattlestick. Wow. For um, anyone who doesn't know, Rattlestick is one of the best theater companies in New York City, hands down. New, bold, risky plays. Go see their work. Okay, plug done. And they worked out <laughs> a lot of stuff, which is what we, which is what Chris and I saw. So here's my thing: like, I'm not like an Adam Driver fan. Like, I, I, I have moments where I'm like, I can, I can recognize that he can do really good work, and I sure. can. I can enjoy his work, and I think he does some interesting stuff as a character that can be subtle. And I think he's doing exactly what they want him to do in those in those massive mood swings. And to be clear, I think that's hard as an actor because when you have those massive mood swings, you have to justify it for it to work. Um, oh sure. But that being said, I'm just not an Adam Driver fan. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah, he's fine. Absolutely. I enjoy him in the I enjoy him in the movie. I think he does a good job with it. I'm just not like oh yeah. Dude, Adam Driver's in this movie. I gotta go see it. I'm just like, oh, Adam Driver's here. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not. You know what? He's not gonna make it bad. He's just. He's gonna be there and he's gonna serve the role. Yeah. I miss the helmet. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. It was a really good design. It was. It was pretty scary too. You just want him to have his shirt off the whole time, don't you? You were like Adam Driver. As long as he has his helmet on. <laughs> that that was another great moment we had when uh, oh. <laughs> when Kylo and Ray are having their like intimate uh, telepathic communication, and uh, Kylo's there shirtless, and she can see him, and she's just like, uh, "Could you put, you know, maybe a cowl on or something?" <laughs> I you know, that was great. I I really like what they're doing with the character though, in terms of spoiler, he kills Snoke, which is one of the big things where you're like, "Oh fuck, yeah." Um, yeah, and let's let's point out like that is shocking. Like that is oh. arguably the most shocking thing in this film. I thought it was one of the most effective moments in the film in terms of the twist they did do. To me, that was the most effective. Where I was like, "Holy shit, he's the Sith!" Because you know the Sith they always kill their master. Like that's the that's the, the thing, thing we set up from episode like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Like, and to just see that happen to finally witness the apprentice kill the master and become the Sith Lord, I was like, "Fuck yeah, man!" Yeah. You do it. You mm-hmm. lightsaber that dude and try to take an apprentice. But now here's the thing. I don't want to see him become good. Like, make that change complete. 
I think they will. I don't know. I'm worried they'll be like because it, because like drivers a heartthrob in some weird girls universe that they'll be like no Disney be like no we gotta make them good again guys so the ladies will be happy. Maybe. Yeah, I maybe. agree. I don't. I don't think it's gonna hold. I think there's. I I I, I just don't have faith in Star Wars not to do the the redemption arc. Um, but I to, want them to right. I want him to just be fucking bad. Like you are a Sith Lord now. Right. I want to see the Darth Vader that we saw in Rogue One. Just yeah. like a badass, terrifying, doesn't give a shit, and just mm-hmm. kills anything in his path. We're seeing then, like, that, his... I mean, if you think about it, this dude has now killed his father, and he's also killed the Sith Lord. Like, it yeah. doesn't get much well, worse yeah. than that. And that makes his flaw mm-hmm. the fact that he's young, right? The fact that he's just still young and so angry, and he yeah. hasn't channeled that anger in the way that Palpatine has or Vader did in a lot of ways. I, I will find that way more dynamic if, if Rey has to just fucking off him. If she's just like, like Luke says, you know, I can't save him. I yeah. can't save him. And, like it's, and Leia's even like, I know. And that's what I want. Like, follow that fucking storyline now, because that will be a great, uh, I think, climax with Ray and him and, like, this final battle actually being final. Yeah, which... which I don't think do yeah, that's fair. Which that's we, fair. they won't do, because we know not only are we getting one another trilogy, we're getting another trilogy after that. They've already said this. Right. And then we're right. getting all the offshoots. Daisy Ridley said that she's not doing past three. Like she was signed on for three, and that's her story. So I, I don't. Well, I personally think that's the Robert Downey Jr. move. Exactly. Like, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Listen. Negotiate in public. Yeah, I think. I think hey. that's just how people have to do business. With and Disney you know, now. Yeah. you know that they will pay big money to keep her, and they will also change their stories to make sure that these characters that people seem to really like uh, continue. Like exactly, yeah. it's Robert Downey Jr. all Guys, over again until the. Until they fuck it up, I trust them. It's like the Marvel movies. Until they start fucking it up, I'm going to be like, you know what? You got my heart. You got my heart, Star Wars. Same. Mm -hmm. Sure. Now you want me to talk about Luke Skywalker at the end? All right, guys. Are you going to let him set you up this time? So I cried twice. I cried twice during this movie. Once was the scroll, Chris. When the music comes (laughs) in and Star Wars shows up, I lost it. Grabbed Jane's hand and just... Yeah, tear came down. And then Aww. this was the second moment. Not not the lead up to it, but the final moment when it, and we both know what it is, happens. So I was blubbering like a little child. So Nick, please take sure. it away. I, I, can't, kind, I can't do it. This is kind of like my Superman moment, guys, like the last time. Um, So here's the thing. Okay, there's so much that I liked about Luke Skywalker moment, and then there's so much that, that I was like really disappointed and liked again. His moment with Leia, when he comes in and talks to her, gorgeous when he just shows up and you're like fuck yeah luke skywalker's back motherfuckers dude it was Um, like a perfect silhouette mm -hmm. shot from return of the jedi it was awesome oh and he came back and he looked different i'm like you look different mr skywalker but i was like i'm going with it i'm like you look you look thin and ready to do some fighting and he goes out and there's a reason for that yeah Continue. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, this this is my anyway. He goes out and he faces down the the eight, the, the do AT ATSTs ATSTs ATATs ATATs faces down new ATATs and like Kyle Ren's like fire everything and you and you just watch this and he walks out and he's just unscathed and you're like <laughs> he does the brush well, of the shoulder. I know, but I had that moment of being like, holy shit, because you, you know he's powerful, right? And you wanted to see how powerful is Luke really? Because we have all of his mm-hmm. backstory we don't know, right? But you sure. are led to believe that he is a legend beyond just Return of the Jedi. <laughs> that he is a legend on you know on a on a scale that is oh unheard God. of. And that, he is so powerful with the Force that like 
fucking laser beams can't touch him. And I was like, all right, it's go time. And then Kylo Ren comes down and like the fight scene starts, right? And I'm like, oh, there's the classic stance. He's in the stance, like a little old, but he's in the stance. And, you know, he does the cool dodge, the lightsaber thing and the cool lightsaber swing. And then it's over. And it was like, I wanted the Yoda moment. Like Chris mentioned earlier, I wanted the like badass fucking lightsaber fight Yoda moment with Luke Skywalker. Because I never really got it because we weren't there with Return of the Jedi yet. You know, we just weren't there fight choreography wise. I will argue that those fight scenes with uh, Vader and Luke were better than any fight, uh, lightsaber fight I've seen since. Agreed. Oh, I I disagree, but that's because I'm I'm a glutton for like action. So I want mm-hmm. I, I like a little I like it's a little spark sparked up. Like I like the Ray lightsaber fight fight scene from that the last was film. Great. That oh, was yeah. the, the Kylo and Ray lightsaber oh, fight with the with the guards in the you know, that was. I, I think the fight choreography in this movie was great. The so, lightsaber. So do I. Yeah. Let, let mm-hmm. me take it there. I wish the fight with Kylo Ren Luke was a little bit longer. Does okay. that make sense? Absolutely. I would have liked a little bit more payoff from it because it was so badass. But hold on. You couldn't myself. though, right? Because of what happens. Well, this is my saying. So that that's right. my Go ahead. Issue. So, um, so this fight happens and Luke does the cool lightsaber dodge and like does some lightsaber swingy swings. And finally Kylo Ren, like, you know, he turns his lightsaber off and you're like, oh man, it's going to be the Obi moment. And I'm like, fuck man, that wasn't long enough for the Obi moment, but okay, Obi moment, I knew it was coming. And Kylo Ren, like, you know, looks like he's going to slice him in half. And Luke Skywalker just turns around and I'm like, motherfucker, you can't even touch him. Yeah. And then you realize that he's not even really there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh. You didn't like that, Nick? Okay, so this is... No, this hold is, on. Okay, go. Let me tell you why, though. Let me tell you why, because I was... So, this is why... And then, you know, then you... So, just to finish it, and then you see him, and you realize that he is transmitting himself. He's so strong with the Force, he has transmitted himself there and caused the decoy to save everybody. To me, it diminished just how badass it would have been had he actually been able to stop all the fucking laser beams. I'm a simple man, and I wanted to actually see Luke Skywalker be there. But I thought the end moment with Luke Skywalker was beautiful, and I loved that last shot and the symbolism of it. I just really wanted him to actually be there. And, I mean, I, I understand, like, the oh-yeah aspect of, of that sentiment. But I'm a that's, meathead. I'm totally a meathead. I, and, I mean, and, and lovingly, yeah, that, that's the meathead perspective. Because <laughs> the – I mean that lovingly, but the whole – a concept of the Jedi is supposed to be pacifism. It's the light. It's the we win without the sword. If you use the sword that you have and that you hold and that you carry with you at all moments, you turn to the dark side. It's the moments when you lower your sword that you win the battle. And that is an important... I mean, that's carried through all seven, eight movies now. And so you can't have Luke Skywalker show up and beat him with his fists because that's how Luke Skywalker turns to the dark side once and for all. And instead, he turns to the light once and for all. Yes, Chris. Not only I, that, but I also think it would have – it just would not have come off genuine if – and I'm talking just you know logistics, having – Luke at this age, Mark Hamill, I should say, at this age, fighting a young Kylo Ren. It just, I, I don't think it would have worked. Maybe it could have, and that would have shown how strong physically Luke Skywalker is. But Chris, like you say, I think what's most important is this, this idea that this writer is giving us glimpses of the Force we've never seen before. And, and I you think know what? That Force projection of being able to transmit yourself somewhere else, I think that was incredible. And now we know... 
more of what these Jedi are capable of if they reach this level that Luke seems to have done. So, yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. I see both sides of it. I did think when he showed up for that battle with Kylo Ren that oh, he's looking a little thin, a little younger, a little CGI. Like, What's good. going on? He's good, Luke. You're looking, looking like you. Oh, yeah, he looks ripped. Looks like a good-looking fella. It was uh, weird. So right then I'm like, something's off about this. And then well, when we, mean, when it's revealed what he did, it. yeah. Mm. I just, I just, I guess my one thing is the one moment it took away was when the light, when the lasers hit him. Like that to me was such like a gist. I was just like, <gasps> yeah. And I was like, oh, well, he's not there. Well, but you'll why? always have that moment. Like you'll have that moment. And, and at the same time, like he's still an awesome badass for having thought of this. Oh yeah. No, listen, it's still, I still love Mr. Luke Skywalker. Um, you know what made me think it was off? It wasn't his look. It was the blue lightsaber. Why is that? Huh. Because he had a green one in the confrontation with Kylo Ren, and he's had a green one, uh, as far as we know, since Return of the Jedi. And when that lightsaber lights up blue, I was like, why is he got a blue lightsaber? It was Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Mm. Uh, oh, because Ray has the green one that breaks in the, the battle. Correct. Yeah. No, Ray's is blue because she has Luke's. Uh-oh. We're getting well, our lightsabers tangled. Said Luke's is green. So Luke's is green from Jedi, and it's green right. when he goes to potentially kill Kylo Ren, but doesn't. It's his green lightsaber from Jedi. When he unveils and lights up his lightsaber in the in the last fight, it's a blue lightsaber. Mm. Yes, so but I was that's like, the fuck. Oh, you're right. That light- that's, my timeline the movie that's the lightsaber right. that Ray got from the. Uh, it wasn't it from like the the temple or whatever. Yeah, which was Ben's. Which was no, Ben's. But- but I thought Ray had Luke's lightsaber that gets snapped when she's fighting with Kylo when they're when they're pulling the Force and it it shatters. Hmm. If there are any larger Star Wars nerds than we are, please write yeah. into somewhere Wait, listen, in the sky. Yes. What lightsaber are they fucking using in that movie? Anyway, um, I'm, I'm getting it all mixed up now. Yeah, all I know is that is confusing, Nick. I get that. But I did. But I did like. I mean, listen. I but I thought the end in his moment of. Oh. His his death was beautiful, and like the silhouette of the two sons again, like What's the, the clo- two sons, the, the full mm. like coming around. Though speaking of that this is why I don't think he's coming back, guys. And I would love him to come back. Let me just be clear: I would love some Ghost Luke, like we got some Ghost Yoda. Okay, but Carrie, I mean, Princess Leia says he's gone. I felt his presence leave, and I think yeah, that's no, a that's really not... important thing to mention mm. that she's like that he she can't feel him at all anymore. And so I think it means that he's 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 not he's not Yoda or or Obi Wan. I don't he is, know. I think you're going too far with that statement. I, I think so too. I, I, I think be, you're I think you're taking that line a little too. I think uh, we'll see broadly. I think we'll see a fuzzy blue Luke in the future. I would mm-hmm. love a fuzzy blue Luke, but I'm just saying, guys, if there's not a fuzzy blue Luke in a year and a half from now, listen. So here's the thing. Quote, quote so, that line. So everyone was under the assumption that Princess Leia was going to die in this movie. We have lost Carrie Fisher. Disney has made it very clear they will not do a CGI version of her in the next film. Again, right. this movie was finished filming before she passed away. So the plan was that she was going to be an integral part of this next film. My question to you guys is, how do you think they're going to cover this? I hope it's not some half-assed, like, just, oh, she died. I, that's exactly what I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a scroll, the scroll that sets up sets up whatever's going on. Because here's the thing that this film, we don't really get the next act. We get an idea that there's some rebellion left. Ray has embraced the Jedi and that 
Ren is now the First Order, right? He's in charge of the First Order. Yeah. But everything's in tatters. So I think it very well could be the motivation for whatever happens in the next film, and they had to rework that third film. Mm-hmm. That her death is going to spur a, re- a rebirth in the Rebellion, maybe. Like, the thing that really, like, sparks it again is, is, is her death. Yeah, that's I think two things are possible. I think the first one, which would really suck, is that... Uh, after the scroll, you pan down to a ship. You see a silhouette in the chair that's supposed to be Leia and Kylo Ren destroying the ship. Ugh. That that would be awful. I think hopefully the thing that's more likely is that they do a jump in time. They all those kids who were uh, encouraged or uh, motivated to become part of the rebellion are aging. Some of them have joined Rey as disciples. Uh, whatever the Jedi children what younglings little pad- padawans padawans whatever the hell they called them in the uh, in the the prequels they killed the young oh fuck yeah they're the, young- <laughs> the babies of the younglings so anyway they like mm-hmm. those those kids have are being trained by ray and we're starting to see the grand battle that never was and somewhere in that maybe uh princess leia or general leia uh, slowly passes in her sleep i think that would be a nice beautiful touching moment I don't think that's what we're going to get. I think we'll probably get something between the two, mm-hmm. but I, th- I think that's how it should go. I like. Yeah, that. I hope she gets. I hope she gets a send off. I hope she gets an actual send off, one way or another. But it is it is sad. Like it's one of those things. Like, man, I wish we would have seen what Leia, where that would have gone. Because if I think if there was a redemption story to be told for Kylo Ren, it would be through Leia. But I think now that Leia's gone, I think that that should be. And she's the one that doesn't get the send off, right? Like all yeah. of our original people got send offs. Yeah. yeah. In really yeah. lovely ways. I mean, I told Chris the other day, Han Solo getting killed in Force Awakens. Maybe it's because I have a son. I just like, I watch him like, he touched his face. He born. <laughs> I get um, it, man. I think I'm. I, I was in such shock because it was the first time we saw one of our beloved characters from the originals gone, gone forever. I mean, I I had called it months before, and so I wasn't. I think shocked, everybody but... knew, but oh, it still got me. Still as soon as he walked me. down there, I was like, "And he's dead. All right, he's dead." He I mean, yeah. When you were there watching that Force Awakens and you see that long shot of him going down the bridge, I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> yeah, but I it still that. gets me, man. It's still like, you know, that was something that came up. I was I was talking to Sarah. Not weird. She's like, did you like it? And I was like, you know, yeah, I did. And she's like, you don't sound sure. And I was like, you know, no, 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 it's not that I didn't like it. Um, and I was trying to express to her without like ruining anything, so I ended up expressing it to my brother. Because he had seen it. I was like, it's really sad in a way for me to see all of these old characters come to an end. Even if they are in beautiful ways. Like, And I get it. And I like that there's a new story and new blood and a new adventure and a new saga. But like, there's that little part of me that's kind of like, man, it took so long to get these movies. And there's so much story that wasn't told around these people's lives. And like, I'm going to miss them. Like, It's like part of my childhood. It's like when you let something go from your childhood and you're like... Like, you put those action figures away for the last time. You're like, all right. Yeah. yeah. I'll see you later. And I just, so whenever I watch these movies, I have this. And when Luke died, it was kind of the moment of like, yeah, that's done. That yeah. That is, it's it's mm-hmm. donezo. And I was sad. Not in like, a, like in a part of my childhood was like, well, there you go. There you go, Mr. Johnson. You can, you <laughs> killed it. Yep. Sure. You yeah. killed it. I Which I think is, 
It was bound to happen, guys. I mean, I didn't oh. I didn't expect any of our original characters to go past Force Awakens. When I heard yeah, that I they were that. going to be in it, I was like, that's nice. It's like a good, cool homage and send-off for these characters. They are integral parts of this trilogy. And yeah. I, I enjoy that they're, or I should say, I respect that they're taking their time and actually making them a part of this. Like, yeah, I agree. They're passing on both the really dark side of these characters and the really light side and i think that's that's great i'm i don't know about you guys i'm excited for whatever star wars pumps out at this well, point like take the, my mm-hmm. money well the other thing is the new movie's gonna like i feel like this next this what are we at nine is that because it's gonna be nine uh, seven eight nine the, the newest one one two three four five six the, seven, the final of yeah. this level yeah. yeah yep 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 i feel like this it really set up for like it's it's a brand new day now like it's it is time for these characters to come into their own and own this story because it's now theirs. Like I feel like that passing of Luke was like, okay, it's yours now. Yeah. So where you got it is like someone I read a great quote was like, it is a new hope, right? And that's why it was okay with this movie not being as dark as Empire because, I mean, Chris, you said it's not Empire and it shouldn't be in a lot of ways. Oh, I was just gonna say because if that were the case, Nick, like <laughs> I think you make a good point that we don't want to see a recycled trilogy. We don't want to see the same arc play out. We do want to see that at some point, this galaxy will be free and equal for everyone. That the mm-hmm. re- the resistance will have won. Um, everyone can live in peace and the true meaning for the Force is finally like revealed, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. We, don't wa- we don't want to see this play out again and again and again with a new villain a new resistance a new battle it's, I mean it will <laughs> it will it will there's always gonna be like a Jedi and a Jedi but you know I think you're right like it it's just I don't know it's nice to see like it's a new thing I feel like when Ray opens those doors you're like it is a new it's a All new right. movie in a lot of ways with still a lot of homage to the old trilogies which I like right yeah. they still they still give like fucking Yoda showing up guys uh, I was just like like I just slow clapped slow clapped in the theater dude so in- Yoda took lightning from the sky like Thor and blew up a Jedi temple <laughs> the with the scroll. The best line is, pretty did, sweet. Did, but the books, did you read them? Well, real preachers, weren't they? I was like, fuck <laughs> yeah, Yoda! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. Slow down. But, so, but, but before we go any further, uh, Ray took those books. Did anyone notice that? She smuggled the yeah, books. I, saw that. I, I saw did not that. notice that. She smuggled the Jedi books out. So clearly, I think that proves that she is not done and she wants to learn more about the jedi as her powers increase and she is continuing with this you know this journey she wants to learn about the past which could be not a good thing like we said let the past die oh man you you guys are so smart so my question to you all in the spirit of the new group as you're saying this is this isn't the old character story anymore this is the new uh the new character story and so i want to ask you about your thoughts on the uh the increasing diversity in the star wars universe Uh, i fucking love it it's amazing I mean, we, we've brought up a few times tonight, like, the sort of the messages that these new movies are sending. I think this one had a lot to do with, they bring it up a few times, that, like, war is 
inevitable. It's always going to be here, and it's for one reason only, and that's money and power. Um, that was interesting. We got a huge like animal rights message throughout this movie. Oh, um, vegan Chewbacca, vegan Chewbacca, <laughs> and like in even like saving those, you know, th- those race things on the planet with the casino the dog horses yeah the dog horse thingies really cool messages but yes we do have an extremely diverse cast uh across the rainbow spectrum which i think is incredible and like you said chris like this is a new story it is a new star wars so many young kids who are not white are going to now see that like i could be a Jedi. I could be in this epic Can galaxy they? story. Have you seen a non-white Jedi yet? Samuel L. Jackson. Boom. In the new mo- so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ryan. No, no. Uh, that's a good point. Like, no, we so, have not. I have, I, I have very painful thoughts about this issue because I think it's an amazing thing that they're trying to diversify Star Wars. I mean, this is one of the most popular franchises of history. But in doing so, they're creating a really awkward situation where they're really creating more and more a white savior trope in Star Wars. Mm. Every single, I mean, the Jedi have always been an allegory for Christianity and the Christ figure being Luke Skywalker or whoever. And so now what they're doing is it seems like they're saying, okay, all of these sub characters are going to be incredibly, incredibly diverse. But when you gotta have somebody fight a Jedi, when you gotta get down to it and you gotta be the savior. We want a white person there. And not just a white person, a white person with a British accent. <laughs> well, it doesn't get so much think, more white than that. I think there's two things. I think you're right, Chris, but I'm wondering as we move past this next trilogy, as they diversify more and more, if that's eventually going to change. That like you like Ryan, you said or Chris, you might have said it, like, it's Disney, it's baby steps. Like, as much as that sucks and they need to like not you know, it was like Spider Man. Like Spider Man couldn't be Miles Morales. Like there's no way that was happening. So, well, that was Sony, though. Disney wanted Miles Morales. Yeah, but it's still the same idea, right? Even I'm saying like Sony was like, can't do that. So I think we'll see it diversify more and more, especially if they're doing more trilogies. Here, I think you're going to see that start to change. I hope. I, really I think hope. so. What I think is interesting, too, is now we know, you know, with Ray and with what Yoda and Luke have come to learn and preach, is that anyone can be can be a Jedi. Anyone can use the Force. It's just harnessing it. Mm-hmm. My hope, my biggest hope for this franchise is that John Boyega is going to get his time. And we we saw him handle right. a lightsaber in Force Awakens. I thought maybe amazing. he was going to become the next mm-hmm. Jedi. Maybe we will see that. Twist. They were like, well, because right, Force Awakens. It's going to be John. He's going to be the one. No, it's the it's the lady. It's the, the lady white. Gets it's to the be. white lady. Which again, but baby, it's the, but it's a lady. But yeah. it's a lady, man. It is a lady who's doing some badass shit with a lightsaber. Yep. No, and I am. I mean, there's an argument. I mean, there's a, a an argument here about white feminism and yada yada. I'm not going to make it, but. No, I think there's. Uh, you're right. It was. It's. I love seeing Finn. I love Poe. I love that all of these characters are diverse, multicultural, and that they're all portrayed in loving ways. Um, that was just one of those things that jumped out at me when I started thinking about it today. No, yeah, that's uh, completely understandable. You're totally right. Yeah, the um, more you think again, about it, yeah. And that's a problem we have with these movies. I mean, like even in the comic book movies, right? Like it's still an ongoing problem. I think is slowly being addressed and you know like again fuck the people who have backlash to it but that's probably why they move so slow is they're like well 
Gotta watch out for the backlash from right. Stoopy Stoopies. But I think, um, again, like, we're getting closer and closer, and they're willing to take chances with, you know, this, this Rian, Ryan, Rian, Rowan, Rian guy. Um, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson. <laughs> let's just go with that. Um, they're willing to take a chance and have someone challenge everything we thought we knew about Star Wars. Uh, we see this, you know, we're finally getting a Black Panther movie. So we're moving in the right direction with Marvel, with Disney, and hopefully in our lifetime, we will see a minority, hopefully a minority female up there as the prime, you know, reason that this entire Star Wars saga has gone on for centuries. I think Rogue One was a good step in that direction with uh, the main actor from that. I know it was still like a female lead, which is still great, but he was really important, especially to have him not be the English dialect, like Chris said, it was, you know, a guy with a Latino, Latinx dialect, and yeah. I thought that was cool. An interesting point, though, about the, the British dialect is that's a theme throughout Star Wars with, like, higher class, lower class stuff, too. Mm. Like, oh, sure, no, my point yeah. is simply the whole, you know, colonization thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. This is like the least fighty episode we've ever had, guys. I think so. Well, <laughs> one thing we did not mention before we wrap up here, gentlemen, BB Hate. Ah, oh, love me some BB-8. No, not BB-8, BB-8 Chris. BB-8. The bad, bad BB-8. The, oh, the bad one. Yeah, that's my oh, point, man. Like that this was, was in the last one, the last movie too, though, right? I don't think no. so. No. There's only good BB-8. Yeah. So we were promised, just like the Porgs, that this BB-8 was going to be some, like, integral part of the story. And it didn't pan out that way, exactly. Yeah. I think it, it turned and looked at BB-8 with some, like... Some robotic Galarian eye, and that was about all we got. You know, I didn't even know there was going to be a bad BB-8 in the movie. So right. I, was, I didn't know the Porgs were going to be a big party. There, I thought the Porgs were going to be like mini Ewoks and just kind of be around. So Fair enough. I was ruined for neither one of those things were ruined for me. I guess it's mm. neither here nor there. I thought I would just bring it up. I also like saying the BB-8. Important, <laughs> one thing that did happen in this movie: no one's face was CGI'd and fucked up. No no mustaches were removed <laughs> in the making of this movie. You have so much hate for that. Because it, it's, Chris, it's my favorite character. It's my favorite one, and they fucked his face, and he was weird, and it was bad. I do have a lot of hate. You have a lot of hate for those It movies. was a shitty movie. I don't care if you fuck up a, a mediocre character in a shitty movie. Superman is not a mediocre character. Well, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm gonna sit cross-legged. And, I'm gonna sit cross-legged and float away and be one with the force. Now, we might be an off point here. No, not at all. I love it. <laughs> and again, the fact that Disney just bought Fox as well, guys. Anything, anything is possible. Guys, it's so bad for like the world, but so great if you're a comic book fan. <laughs> and for anyone listening to this episode, for sure. So, guys. <laughs> I have to thank you for coming on. I guess any final thoughts, final reactions? I loved it. I loved the movie. I can't wait for what's next. I assume you both are going to go see whatever they come up with next. Yeah, I'll be at Han Solo whenever they release it. Awesome. Nick? Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I, again, you guys thought, like, the I could see the issues some people had, but overall I was... I was like, I, I told you, I wanted to see it again like the next day. I looked at my wife and was like, we're gonna, we need to fit, we need to get a babysitter and we need to go and you need to see it and you need to see it now because it's that great. So wait, what movie are we doing next, guys? Ooh, that is a great question. Is it, is it Black Panther? Is that the next biggie? I think it is. I'm yeah, good for will, that. We will definitely be back for that. Maybe, uh, 
Maybe Disaster Artist. No, no. Oh. It'll be Black Panther. <laughs> it is going to be Black Panther. Yes. There you go. So we got a little time for that, guys. But uh, before we go again... We have your podcast coming up. I know you guys have recorded some episodes. Um, This is the Two Dumb Dads podcast. Mm -hmm. We are going to play an exclusive clip for the listeners right now so they get a taste of it. Like I said, now that's not not a thing that there's a lot of anymore. That now there's like, all right, there's no definitive, you will kill your kid by doing this. We're kind of figuring it out, going day by day. Um, Like I've said, my wife is... A preschool teacher, a director of a preschool slash daycare. She had a, a, a sibling who's ten years younger than her. She was an elementary education degree. Say, like, and she's, she's trained to be a teacher. I mean, she's been working in a preschool for ten plus years at this point. She went. Uh, she's a social worker. Um, like, if there's anybody who is prepared to be a parent, it's my wife. And then there's me, who was an only child, didn't like hated kids everywhere, and like I, I, I'm the I'm the person on the subway who sees somebody walk in with a crying baby, like oh son of a bitch. Yeah, you um, are that guy. Yeah, I I am like the crabby asshole. Are you still that guy now that you have a kid though? And you no, I am like the fucking sap now. Yeah, like I I sit I, I scope out the people with a uh, with a with a, a, a stroller or something. I'll sit right across from them. I will stare into that uh, that stroller with like, oh look how cute the baby, and just creep the shit out of the parents. It's terrible. It's crazy how it changes, right? Like you go from like being annoyed by little kids to being like, well, no, I get it. I totally get. It. You know, you're doing the best you can do on the subway right now. Oh I'm yeah, there with you. Yeah, and you look over at the parents and they're like, either one of two things is happening. Either they, they give you that look of like, I'm sorry, and I just kind of like, tell my mm, I got you. It's all good. I got you. Like, I or they look at you with disdain. Like, don't fucking look at me. This ain't your problem. But about looking at you that way? I'm like, um. when, when can we expect this, guys? I'm getting really excited. Any, any firm dates yet? Yeah, if you're listening to this episode, you can find us out there in the world. Uh, we should be able to find this podcast hopefully on iTunes. We still haven't been officially approved yet, but hopefully there. And of course, our website at uh, in, in any RSS catchers. I believe our, abs, uh, our current website is something along the lines of two dumb dads at libsyn.com uh, or something like that, or libsyn.com. Yep, find us on great. Facebook. You can find yeah, us. So the- Facebook page is fully up and running. It's got some pictures. It's got some fun stuff up there. We'll link to this episode. It's it's linked to somewhere in the skies, and you'll find the audio episode launch up there. It's probably later this week, I would say. Am I too far ahead on that, Chris Moss? I think you might be too far behind. I think we should be up as soon as this podcast gets going. That's Look very possible. <laughs> it doesn't make us sound smart, Ryan. Oh, yes. That's the, the glory of editing, right? Yeah. <laughs> again, that is the Two Dumb Dads podcast. I cannot wait to hear this, guys. And I cannot wait to have you on again to talk movies. I love that we're doing this. I hope the listeners appreciate it. And I hope they enjoyed Star Wars The Last Jedi. So again, guys, thank you for joining me on Somewhere in the Skies. Oh, thank Thanks. Thanks.
only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.